Welcome back to Poison for Profits. Happy New it's Year. Been, Welcome back. It's been a uh, few weeks now, Nick. Definitely has. Did you have a good break? I did. I did. How about yourself? Yeah, I got to see some family and some friends. And, you know, it was nice to have a little bit of time off of work. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, we got to get back into it now for all of our many listeners Absolutely. to uh, learn something new every week. So speaking of getting back to it, we got an announcement to make for our future episodes. Uh, Nick and I are going to be releasing some more focused, uh, what we're going to be calling series type episodes. So kind of related topics. Uh, Nick, do you want to talk about what kind of the theme of your series is? Yeah, so I'm going to be doing deep dives into... uh, the claims that a lot of these companies come out with, uh, what their greenwashing efforts are. So, uh, if this company's claiming, you know, that they're doing all this for the environment, I'm going to do some research into that and see what they're actually doing. Uh, basically auditing these companies to see, uh, how they're stacking up to what they're claiming they're doing. And, you know, kind of report back to you guys, see what I find, see, is it greenwashing? Are they actually doing a great job? Or is it a little bit in between? Sounds awesome. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, my, myself too. I mean, I, I mean, I think it'll just help me be more informed with <laughs> the economy and uh, which companies are actually doing their best. So my series is focused on uh, kind of what are known as corporate front groups. Um, for example, like the American Council for Science and Health and, you know, the, the tactics they take uh, for corporations that are basically their clients. Um, and then, you know, maybe I'll get into the history and then get into sort of dissecting some of their uh, articles and some of their um, propaganda is really what it is uh, that they put out. Yeah, I'm also interested in that. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's so much nowadays where it's so hard to actually know where did this come from, what group is propping it up, and who is it actually benefiting. So that's going to be really interesting to hear more about. Looking forward to it. Nick is going to kick us off with an update. Get right into this update. Like Zach said, uh, so we talked about in a previous episode, it was the Inflation Reduction Act uh, that was put in by Joe Biden. Uh, This opened up a whole lot of different things, but one of the things it opened up was a auction for rights to drill for oil and gas off of Alaska in the Cook Inlet. I would ask you, Zach, how many you think uh, people bid it in on this and were very excited for it, but I know you already know that only mm-hmm. one whole corporation <laughs> put a bid in for this, uh, which to me is pretty crazy. Uh, it was quite the, you know, the Republicans that were basically blockading this act 
weren't allowing this to go into effect without something along these lines being put into it. Uh, and just to come find to find out, only one company actually even bid on one of the blocks that was up for auction. There were 193 blocks offered, uh, covering just under a million acres, as we talked about. And like I said, only one bid for a single block was offered for $63,000. This is is kind of funny. I mean, like, the whole idea was to make revenue off this, right, as part of the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, (laughs) To get, like, less than $64,000 on this. Uh, I mean, like, they probably spent more in, like, administrating this fucking auction than they did, like, made any money off of it yeah i mean if you think of all the manpower all the logistics that went into this i'm sure there's so much um and yeah and it's just for this one company which is hill corp um they're the only one that bid on this it uh yep texas-based uh oil and gas but they they uh, specialize in exploration and production um so right. who knows if they'll even like extract anything from this? I mean, I you know as or as as environmental scientists, both of us, I would say we we hope there is not any extraction. Um, but I like it. I don't know a whole lot about the infrastructure they have leading up to this area, the the Cook Inlet. Um, but it, it's apparently very difficult and expensive to drill for oil there um i guess we will find out if they end up doing that but i think at this point i i don't know that i really expect them to do anything with it for you know the sixty three thousand dollars they put in it's not like they have a huge uh they're not lost yeah right yeah um the other thing i was going to mention uh some environmental groups have a similar sentiment to you uh with how this is a terrible thing this is you know impacting climate change so five of these environmental groups up in alaska ended up suing the administration over this sale uh basically citing the consequences to the environment uh, for the threatened species, such as the Cook Inlet beluga whale and the humpback whales. So just again, a lot of environmentalists are completely against this. They would like to preserve this area and these uh, organisms for, you know, generations to come. Uh, And here, Zach, I think is what you'll find most interesting is that uh, the federal government's had several oil and gas lease sales in this inlet since the 70s, but no production has occurred in the federal waters there to date. There are, however, 14 active federal leases in this Cook Inlet, all of which are be- are purchased by the Houston-based Hill Corp. Uh, so they purchased those ones in 2017, but nobody has actually uh, produced mm. any oil or gas from there since the government has tried it's to start. Is, yeah. uh, so I just think it's a little bit interesting uh, that 
it's all this one company that yeah it they seems got like we're bending over backwards for 14 leases so all of the other 14 were bought in 20 or were 2017 in 2017 yep okay so that's when the last federal auction was for this area right okay so yeah i mean they got what you said one more one more um, block. block i block. don't exactly know how it's separated i mean it doesn't really put, get into specifics in this article but there's 193 total of the million acres so and they got one of them right yeah which is i mean like i don't know how equally it's split up into those blocks but that's a good good amount of space there acreage definitely. that they got yeah so i mean it's definitely interesting i, I just just interesting that this one company is so set on this and it's right. like our government is just bending over backwards and yeah and now they got a 90-day evaluation process after yep. that, uh, the auction to make sure that the uh, fair market value of the lease uh, was awarded, which is interesting. Um, I feel like I mean, it's an auction, right? Yeah, they're definitely going to say it is because they're the only company that bid. So it's like right. no one else wanted it, so we must be paying fair. <laughs> yeah. but I, I mean, all in all, we'll see. I mean... It's been what fifty years since any oil has been extracted right. from the area. Yeah. I mean, I, I, just even you know, putting up infrastructure like to prepare for it is is bad enough without taking oil out. Anyways, um, it seems like it's all just kind of a um, contingency for them, I guess. Definitely. I don't really know what to say, like uh, what to make of this update, uh, besides that it's just very weird, very interesting. I, I'm, I'm curious sure, to see what yeah. happens in the future. I'm sure that it'll, yeah, there will be more coming from this that we will provide update on. Our next article covers Zimbabwe's ban of exports on raw lithium. It's a ban on unprocessed lithium. So there's, you know, Zimbabwe has a, is one of the world's largest lithium uh, reserves. Um, they supply the world's, uh, about 20% of the world's demand of lithium. Um, so like, you know, a fifth, <laughs> a fifth of all these, of all this uh, mineral that's going into, you know, batteries for electric vehicles, you know, different electronics, things like that. Uh, you can imagine that's a pretty big market for them. They, they, uh, they want to probably control their natural resources, right? Not just let what is historically happened is, you know, Western companies come in um, and they, I mean, it's colonialism basically is the history of it. They mine, they take the resources for free, basically, send them back and then bring these other products back after it's processed into finished product and yeah. sell it to citizens of the country that the the resource started in, right? Exactly. It's always uh, quite 
quite the, I guess, disturbing thing to me. It's you see these pictures of like children mining and, uh, you know, just people that clearly are living way below the poverty line doing this work. Um, so it just seems like a pretty good move, at least that Zimbabwe's trying yeah. to prop up their own economy and help their citizens. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm always supportive of you know a country controlling their own resources, which you know doesn't mean like they're the only ones that are going to be making money for it. The the largest miners and, and processors in the country are uh, Chinese companies, um, but that still means that the Chinese companies can't just take the lithium ore and then send it to to china or, or wherever for for that they have to build the the processing plants and, and everything like that in zimbabwe basically so if if nothing else it creates jobs in in that market wow for people that's, yeah. that's really a smart uh move by zimbabwe i would say yeah i think that'll really you know like you said, bring the jobs, bring more of the higher level work to Zimbabwe and hopefully yeah. prop up their economy and help everyone out there. Yeah. And the, the, the ban only really applies to that, the raw ore, right? That they're getting out of these mines it doesn't apply to like lithium concentrates. Um, so th- it is really just forcing people to process it within the country. And it's really targeting um, what they're calling artisanal mining, um, which which is like very small miners, you know, individuals or small groups that go into abandoned mines um, and uh, basically take what's left over. And you can imagine that's not very safe, probably uh, worse for the environment. They're not working under reg- any regulations or anything like that. Um, if they're going into abandoned mines, right? It's probably yeah, they're probably almost secretive in a way, right? Yeah, probably not doing yeah. it by the books. <laughs> yeah. So there's some estimates here. The country uh, says they're currently losing up to 1.8 billion dollars a year uh, to mineral smuggling, and that would make up, or the uh, mineral exports makes up about 16 percent of their total. Uh, GDP. So, I mean, all, a lot of their economy is coming from this mining. They're saying just by doing this, uh, it could they could be able to pay back the thirteen point seven billion dollars that they hold in in foreign debt. So, uh, I this is a pretty big deal, I think, for a country, you know, or a, a region really as exploited as you know the southern half of africa yeah absolutely it's definitely i feel like africa's always been on i don't know they're always getting exploited in some way it's really sad um yeah since the beginning of you know modern civilization and before that even yeah yeah but But it's interesting Oh, go ahead. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if any countries follow suit. I've, I'm hopeful that countries do follow suit. Kind of 
it seems like there's a lot of uh, unity within countries in the region. So, yeah, we'll we'll look for updates on this as well. Moving on to our third article for the day, Spain has uh, made it so that tobacco companies must pay for the cleanup of discarded cigarettes. So this is a new environmental regulation that also includes ban uh, a ban on single-use uh, plastic cutlery and plastic straws. These are kind of pushed by the EU-wide drive to reduce uh, waste and promote recycling. So I think this is quite a good move on uh, Spain's part, uh, just by putting that pressure on the manufacturer to, you know, be concerned with what is happening with their waste after, or with their product after the consumer has it in their hands. So... Yes, it's going to raise the cost for consumers, but for something like a cigarette, that might just lead to less people smoking, which is a win-win in my book. So I think I'd love to see this, you know, to be expanded to single-use plastic bottles, you know, for soda and pop, uh, beer, things like that. Anything that's single-use that the consumer gets uh, just to make these companies more, you know, environmentally conscious of what's happening with their, uh, the byproduct of their product, basically. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, cigarette butts is one thing, but I'm kind of surprised that they, they also went with plastic cutlery. And I think, you know, straws we could probably see coming, but I'm also wondering what they define as single use for cutlery, right? I don't know. Right. If- and so those are just straight up banned. Um, yeah. However, I can see that I can see it now. They're just going to rebrand their stuff as, Oh, you can put this through your dishwasher. <laughs> you know, yeah. They'll just find a way around it. But the fact that they're taking it to the cigarette to the tobacco companies for the discarded cigarette butts, I just feel like that's the way we should be going about this for so many other issues um, just to yeah, actually yeah. get <laughs> a handle on the, the litter because everyone thinks no one thinks litter is a good thing. Uh, everyone hates seeing that. And it just seems like one of those problems. Like it's like, well, I'm only one person like, yes, I'm not going to litter, but you know that there's billions of people in the world that, are just going to or yeah so yeah <laughs> i always kind of laugh about like the the plastic straw one and people always complain about paper straws <laughs> yeah i'm just like Hi, how about you you know grow up and not need to use a straw at all just drink <laughs> it from the damn cup right yeah a straw is just an extra step <laughs> right how about just be a, an adult human <laughs> and drink from the cup exactly it's like this is just ridiculous it's like the people that can't 
they they probably used a sippy cup until they were 12 or something oh yeah <laughs> uh. but yeah so they estimate that the cost for uh this is about 12 to 21 euros per citizen per year so about a billion euros uh so i i would say truthfully that's not that bad for euro is pretty equivalent with the dollar right right so yeah, yeah 12 to 21 dollars i i don't feel like that uh is that big of a cost no yeah i, I mean a billion dollars is is a different you know i can make a big difference if if it's going to the right places, right? Right, which brings me to, of course, how are they going to implement this, which Spain has not yet said how the cleanup will be carried out and what it'll cost the tobacco companies. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things you're hoping for the best. It sounds all great, but they don't really have uh, a true plan in place or something that they've put out to the public yet. Yeah. I mean, in a way it's like, all you got to do is ban it. Right. I mean, I guess if they're looking for money, right. But Mm -hmm. just do it and make the cigarette (laughs) manufacturers figure it out. Exactly. I think, I think we often bend so much to these companies and they whine and complain for, they throw their tantrum like a toddler and then we just say, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Just keep doing it the way you have been or, Oh yeah, that yeah. is too hard for you. It's like, no, it's not. They're in the right. business of making money. If they want to make money that way and we want a healthy society, we need to set limits and set bans on these items. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. With like cigarette butts, they are pretty toxic to the environment. Uh, it's one of the most common types of litter. They take 10 years to decompose. They release toxic substances like lead and arsenic. So. All right. The butts do? Yeah. That's crazy. I always thought cigarette butts was just like, a f- like I don't even know, I guess. It's like well, foam, right? It's the filter, which yeah, that can be any thing i don't really know too much about cigarette anatomy (laughs) but uh it probably really depends on brand and everything like that Um, well it does seem like europe is doing a lot more and making a lot more progress on this type of stuff than the u.s is yeah i can't help but feel like we're behind yet again in the environmental field (laughs) yeah at this point at this point, the United States government is, like, not even trying. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I just wish that we could stop bending to these companies and start actually thinking for the people that are actually affected by these companies. Yeah, like, let people live a healthy life. And people really don't have the option when... You know that kind of pollution coming from these sources uh, is literally inescapable, right? Like exactly. You, you you can't avoid it. It's not like this personal freedom thing. But that's all I have on that. I just think, I guess, I just like to really reiterate that 
I'd love to see more bands of this nature, uh, you know, putting the byproduct of these companies product onto the company, make them, I mean, they're making millions of cigarettes a year, have them have an idea of what should happen with those cigarettes or a way to mitigate those cigarettes ending up in our environment. Uh, I just would love to see that be way more widespread. Final article we're talking about today is the Global Polluter 3M pledging to stop manufacturing toxic forever chemicals. Forever chemicals we're talking about here are, of course, PFAS. Uh, remind us what that stands for, Nick. Polyfluoride, alkaline. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, I know it's poly. Uh, yeah, but ri- just a reminder that that's things that are uh, make products water resistant, uh, Teflon, nonstick pans, things like that. Uh, I think camping equipment, you might have heard, said, told me that earlier. Yep. Yeah. Anything with like, I don't know, in my head, it's the swishy material. <laughs> the swishy material okay. the swishy material you know the swishy pants <laughs> okay yeah uh and pfas of course uh, are forever chemicals because uh, of the extremely long time it takes them to break down in the environment uh, they stay in soil water make their way basically around the world and find um themselves in people's bodies where they can cause cancer and other health issues. So the the company 3M announced their plans to end production on PFAS by the end of 2025. So was three more three two three more full years of production and then 3M, just one of the manufacturers, <laughs> will stop. They are, to be fair, the largest manufacturer of PFAS. Um, and the reason this is kind of coming now is that 3M and DuPont are among companies uh, being sued by the California Attorney General for cleanup costs of PFAS. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just going to say It that. is. That, <laughs> yeah, that's a very good sign for California. Um, yeah. But, you know, drilling down into why this the stop on production is really happening is that uh, investors are writing to these companies urging them to stop PFAS production because of this, you know, lawsuit. Ah, so there's there's the truth. It's the, the money. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, and you can always kind of like guess that, right? Especially right. in America. Well, the craziest part about like the whole PFAS thing and 3M specifically is that they've known for like over 50 years at this point that PFAS are toxic and have been accumulating in human bodies. <laughs> yeah. And it was um, hidden for a long time. It was, yeah, there was a cover up. From DuPont, especially, um, and I think we talked about the movie Dark Waters. Yep, uh, it kind of goes through the story of 
the can't remember when exactly it was, but I think it was early 2000s um, lawsuit in West Virginia against DuPont. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it's been going on for a long time. It's it's funny because this this Reuters article uh, has a quote, something about investors prioritizing environmental concerns, um, urging other chemicals or, or investors prioritizing environmental concerns and other companies basically following 3M um, and stopping production. Like investors aren't prioritizing environmental concerns, right? Investors kind of see the writing on the walls. If there's a landmark uh, lawsuit against 3M for this, the stock is going to go down, right? Like that's... Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just part of how the stock market works. You know, they're, they're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to ride that out. That sounds like a great time for my money. Yeah, I mean, it's just like further liability for, for investors at this point. Um, to allow these companies to continue to do this. I saw recently, Zach, uh, that they're finding new ways to filter out PFAS uh, from drinking water. That can, okay. Uh, is, it, is that at like a uh, household level? Uh it's very much in like research right now, but they're okay. able to, you know, destroy 95% of these PFAS in just 45 minutes using like UV and hydrogen, okay. which seems great, of course. And, but you know, the companies are sitting there, oh, that means we can keep making them. <laughs> yeah. And I can only imagine like how expensive that would be. For, like, exactly. And, and which I would expect like them to then put that burden on the households. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Like, like every household is responsible for getting this for themselves. If they don't want PFAS in their drinking water. Um, at what point do you do something on a community level, which is, you know, what should be happening for all of these uh, environmental and human health disasters, right? Right. And I have seen some communities are starting to filter out PFAS at their community level, which I think is oh, a good okay. move. Um, but obviously, they're footing the bill. But I believe some of them are taking it to these corporations that produce PFAS in their area. So. Yeah, that's good news. Yeah. But it's just, of course. I, yeah, I still well, can't believe how long this has been covered up for and how. Yeah, I mean, it's truly like one of the uh, worst human health, like, cover-ups, I guess. Absolutely. Um, of, of a dangerous product, right? Yeah, it's almost uh, as that's, bad as, like, glyphosate, I want to say. Oh, it's uh, it's up there with glyphosate for sure, yeah. Yeah. And even glyphosate, or I don't see it, you know, in the near future going out the window. Uh, I think in Europe, I guess it is, but 
the EPA is holding strong that there's no uh, health risks with glyphosate. So uh, this is a good sign. I, would, I mean, like, like, yeah, we talk about the reasons that this pressure is on companies to to stop doing these things. And the reason inevitably goes back to money, but it's good that they're stopping, right? Exactly. Um, and I just hope, you know, like they're saying, I do hope other companies follow suit. Yeah, the the biggest problem is going to be what damage is already done to people, you know, that yep. it's already in, it's in me, it's in you, it's in, I'd say, tons of people you're all around the world. Um, yeah, yeah, and and with the, with big things like this where so many people are affected, so many people can get serious illness like life-threatening illnesses from these chemicals uh people never get like the the punitive damn it or not even punitive but compens compensatory that sounds right let's go like i know like the 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 payouts that they deserve right whether it's you know for you know because these always end up in like the class action settlements right where it's a giant payout for however many people are in that and that it always boils down to like a thousand dollars per person right it sounds like one billion dollars awarded to yeah. glyphosate or to pfas you know people yeah victims PFAS, yeah victims and then it boils down like you said a thousand bucks it in the end of the at the end of the day, I think all these people probably would have said, you know, I just would have rather not had that in my body <laughs> and not had to go yeah. through all those treatments. I don't need your thousand dollars. Yeah, I'd rather not have used my Teflon pan. Right. And yeah. <laughs> and and not gotten yeah myself. cancer, yeah. Unfortunately, it's just one of those things. And there's so many people probably still that are just you know, going about their day, interacting with these products, and yeah, I mean, PFAS still exists, right? Uh, there's two chemicals that I guess are going to declare as hazardous chemicals, um, but like this, this stopping of production hasn't happened yet, um, and we'll see, like. Maybe they renege on it. Maybe they don't actually stop in three years. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, like, there's so many chemicals in this category. Um, like we like we said, it's inescapable. And if, you know, and then, and then I think to go further than that, you know, after they stop making them, they're gonna try to find a new thing. Right, that has the same properties, the they same benefits, <laughs> and they'll they'll throw it out there without understanding it or without being able to prove that it doesn't, you know, harm people or the environment, and then it'll just be the same cycle over and over again. That's my fear, at least. But I mean, it seems like it's happened with in basically every. 
you know, era throughout time. Yep, exactly. You know, we produce this thing that is the miracle, the miracle chemical, and it becomes the, honestly, the cancer chemical. (laughs) It seems like every time it's, they just replace it with something that's far worse. It seems like, so, yeah, I hope, I hope you're right. I hope that we don't have another one take its place or they find something that is much more, uh, you know. I just hope that the EPA or whoever is the regulator actually takes their jobs seriously and protects people from it. That's what I want. Like, that should just be kind of the uh, the default you know this is what happens yeah i don't know how you could work there and be like oh we're protecting the environment (laughs) you know how do you do your job and say i work for the epa but we're not doing anything (laughs) we're we're banning two of the chemicals but there i think we found that there's over nine thousand of them yeah right so it's like (laughs) okay we got two it's like we almost need to classify these these chemicals like oh this is this is a cancer <laughs> you know this is and a new con- cancer that's yeah that's funny that you say that because um as like a an ehs professional okay. um we have to deal with like hazardous waste and and certain material regulations and that's kind of the joke in california everything's labeled as like a, a the cancer 65 or Poss- whatever. Yeah, yeah yeah possible cancer causing yeah material yep so it's like and then if you just call everything that you know it loses its meaning kind of right it's hard to yeah you either we, go one side like, of the spectrum or the other it's like earplugs yeah they have earplugs on on Granger, and it's like these cause these may cause cancer <laughs> like, in <what>? California. <laughs> and got oh yeah, only when you're in California. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, like literally, we need to go through these chemicals right before they're allowed to be used. That's the job of some office, some governmental agency office, is to actually do the work to approve these. And to ensure that they're safe. Um, I was like, just on my like Reddit feed, I was reading and it was talking about PFAS. I was like, oh, I'm going to read this. And it was about a study on Australian firefighters. So they're highly, you know, exposed to PFAS through that firefighting foam. But they did a study on reducing the PFAS levels in their body. And they found that to that they were finding reduced rates in firefighters that routinely gave blood. So really you can get rid of the PFAS out of your blood. Or you just got to give it to somebody else. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. That's the blood's going somewhere else. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I mean, I'm sure they can filter that out, but I just was like, that sounds I don't know. crazy. I don't know if you really, can you filter that out? I, I mean, yeah, I guess I don't, I don't know how you filter either. blood, but <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. But I just thought it's like, okay, well, so I guess 
I guess the I mean, person it makes... that needs your blood probably is like, well, I guess I'll take it with some PFAS as well because I yeah. need the blood to live. But And firefighters, I'm sure, have a shit ton in their right. blood. Because of that, they had a foam. Was so yeah. Widely used before we knew. Well, I'm surprised they let firefighters give blood now. <laughs> right. I mean, it's probably going to be one of those things where maybe they will, you know, yeah, who knows? You know, a regu- regulation for PFAS levels in donated <laughs> blood. Yeah, You're like oh, you've got a lot, man. Get out of here. <laughs> well. That's all we have for today's episode. Hopefully it was not too shaky. It's our first episode back in a while, but I think get it back in the groove. Yeah. yeah. I think it went pretty good getting back in the groove. Uh, we're both pretty excited for those future series, so keep a lookout for that. And we will continue to do one episode a week um, of this format with, with news articles. At least. And obviously if people prefer prefer us doing you know too i think we could make that work as well uh just wanted to try and try something new and put some time into that so uh but as always check us out on twitter at poisoned for the number four profit uh send us any comments questions concerns articles you think we should talk about and then also our email is also poisoned number four profit at gmail.com. Same thing. You can send any of those same things there as well. Um, Articles from the episode will be put in the show notes along with links to Twitter and Gmail. And with that, thank you all for listening and uh, look forward to a exciting 2023. See you next week. Blackberry-based 3M announced today it will stop making controversial so-called forever chemicals over the next few years. Chris Rapsky is here with more on that decision and its impact. Chris? Per and polyfluoroalkyl substances, or PFAS, also known as forever chemicals, are found in fabrics, cookware, food packaging, and much, much more. The chemicals can repel water, grease, heat, and oil, making them convenient to everyday products. But recent studies show these chemicals may pose greater health risks than previously thought. From cancer to liver damage. 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 Cancer to liver damage.